You're listening to episode 111 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Steph McKenna. And it is Thursday, the 10th of September here in Norwich, which means that the Norwich Crime Writing Festival has begun. That's my fanfare. Very nice. So yes, this is a whole weekend of crime writing events, which ordinarily would be happening in Norwich. But this year we are doing it all online, which means that you can watch and listen to it from wherever you are in the world. And we've got some really great stuff coming up. So coming up across the weekend, we've got an amazing lineup of writers. We've got uh, the acclaimed US novelist Attica Locke. We've got Ian Braithwaite, who wrote My Sister the Serial Killer, which was a smash hit last year. We've got French writer Olivier Norick, as well as Trevor Wood, Elizabeth Haynes, Jill Dawson, Sophie Hanna, Jacob Ross, and of course our two virtual writers in residence for this year, Paddy Richardson and Anita Terpstra. If you head over to the Noirage website, noirage.co.uk, you can see the full lineup and register for many of the events for free. And we've also got a few spaces left on one of our workshops with Duncan Campbell. So check it out ASAP. Yeah, so most of this is happening on YouTube where you can check it out. And we also have a few podcasts, including today's one. So as Steph mentioned, we have some virtual writers in residence this year. Um, previously, we had Irsa Sigurdadottir, who came to stay with us at Dragon Hall, which was lovely. But as that is not currently possible due to various restrictions, instead, we've taken it digital. And that has meant that we've been able to have two of them, which is fantastic. And today we have Peggy talking with Paddy Richardson, the author of two collections of short stories and seven novels. Her novel Through the Lonesome Dark was shortlisted for the New Zealand Historical Novel Award and longlisted for the Dublin International Literature Award. Paddy lives in Dunedin, which is a UNESCO city of literature, just like Norwich, but in New Zealand. So yeah, we're very excited to be able to have Paddy as part of Norwich this year. And this is not the only pod that we are putting out this week. So tomorrow we have our other writer-in-residence, Anita Terpstra, who is talking to Flo. And on Sunday, to wrap up the festival, we have Sophie Hanna and Mark Aldridge talking about Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot novels. Okay, so here we have our programme director, Peggy Hughes, talking to Paddy about her writing. Hello, I'm Peggy, the programme director, and it is such a great thrill uh, today to get to chat with Paddy Richardson. Paddy and I are going to have a chat about her her work and her writing life there in Dunedin, which is a sister city of literature. Um, Paddy's coming to us from the Otago Peninsula in Dunedin, in New Zealand, uh, where she's full-time working as a writer, swimming, walking, reading when she's not writing. Paddy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Peggy. It's lovely to be um, part of this. Yeah, we're so excited to have you as um as a, a virtual writer in residence this year for the festival. Um and to get to know a bit more about you and your work, um you where you are in Dunedin just now, is that I right? I am in Dunedin. Um it's seven o'clock at night and quite dark. Um we're just coming into spring. Oh, lovely. Oh, complete opposite here. It's eight AM here in Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's raining. Um, autumn's autumn's very much in the air. So, Paddy, could you, for our listeners, just start us off maybe by giving us a sense of when uh, when your writing life began? Well, I think that I I'm I'm one of those writers who always say that I always intended to be a writer, but um, I've been 
an avid reader all my life. Um, one of you know my main joys in life when I was a child is to go walk down to the library on a Saturday morning um, to take my books back and find new books. And I think that I was always seen as the family bookworm and I actually enjoyed writing stories even at that stage. And um, I wanted to be a journalist, but in my time and in New Zealand, I was told very severely that um, being a journalist was not something that women did, young women did. So I went to Teachers College and I was a teacher. I married, I had children, and then somehow this um, urge to write returned. And I started writing poetry, first of all, because it was really all I had time to do with three small children. And then I moved on to short story writing. And um, finally, <laughs> years later, when I got the Birds Fellowship, I, I was able to try my hand at writing a novel. It just gave me a wonderful year of, um, you know, that expansion and that time to do that. And I think when you're writing a novel, that's that's very much what you need. You need the time and the time to think and the time to write and the time to research. A room of one's own, as Virginia Woolf had it. Um, I mean, I'm quite shocked, Paddy, by what you say about um, about women not being able to, to, be a, to be a journalist. I mean, why, why, what, can you say a little bit more about that sort of con, that context? I was, um, I was then in sixth form. Um, this was way back, though, in the 1960s, and I went to, my, um, to the woman, you know, the woman teacher who, who gave us advice about careers, and I said that I wanted to be a journalist, and she just shook her head and said, nursing or teaching dear (laughs) well we're delighted that you bucked her advice and you know fought on um I wonder I wonder what you know that start in poetry and shorter fiction has brought now to the to the longer to the novels what 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 it sounds like a bit of a training ground I guess in a way I think you're absolutely right I think Starting with poetry and short stories um, taught me a lot about economy and structure and um, getting rid of those adjectives and making an image shine through taking away the extra bits that you don't need. So um, I also think that short story writing is wonderful in that you learn so much about about structuring about you know that that getting into the middle um by starting and having a short start and and a, a definite important start and then getting into your middle and then actually having a satisfying ending and i i still bring that to my novels i i feel that I want to feel satisfied at the end of them. I want to feel that I've kind of pulled things together, not necessarily that that's absolutely the conclusion in the ending, but that things seem to be going in a certain direction. 
interested in in that kind of the sense of how a short story is different from from the novel. There's a a, a brilliant um, Scottish novelist and short story writer called Janice Galloway, um, and she says a, a short story is like a dram, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a mm-hmm. shot of whiskey, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it just has to. It's very complex. It has to do a lot of mm-hmm. things at once. You wouldn't sort of have lots of them at the same time. <laughs> You've got to kind of space them out. Um, I do love the. Um you know, the luxury in a novel of actually being able to develop things further and go off into little tangents and really discover what your what your characters are thinking and doing for quite a long period of time. I, I just love that, um, you know, that just that big luxury of that. But it's also mm. um, a huge commitment to write a novel as well. I wonder how easy it was for you then to to sort of you mentioned the, the Burns Fellowship and the time that that afforded you, but just how easy otherwise to make that kind of the pivot, as it were, from shorter fiction to longer fiction. What, what what made you want to? Was that always the the idea that you'd always wanted to write a novel, and it was it was a case of time that prevented? Or um, well, I, I think I um, for for the Burns Fellowship, I really did have an idea of something that I, I wanted to do, which was. Um, a kind of a, a historical novel, but moving between the past and the present. Um, my, I wanted to write about um, sort of slightly disguised, but my, but my own um, family history um, of settlers who came in the mid 1800s and settled in the Hokianga, in the top of the North Island, and. You know, the sort of family history, the, the family stories that I'd been told when I was a child, I, I always found them fascinating and I wanted to to bring those and put and into um, a novel. Um, there are a lot of stories and I, I thought that they would kind of blend together to make a novel. And that also gave me the chance to, having the Burns Fellowship, I... Um, it gave me the chance to go up to the Hokianga and spend a little bit of time there walking around. Um, that's something that's really important to me um, when I'm writing a novel or writing anything really is the sense of place, of actually knowing a place and experiencing it. I mean, that comes comes through in the in the, the, the piece of your work I've read. And maybe that's a good moment, actually, Paddy, to, to hear that that. Uh, the little yeah, reading that okay. we mentioned um, and maybe yeah maybe you could say just where that's you know a little bit of context around okay. it um, this is my um, latest crime novel uh, my actual latest novel is um, a historical novel but this is from swimming in the dark and um, well I'll, I'll just read <laughs> Already, as she pulls her swimsuit on, she can feel and smell the river water on her skin, in her bones. The clouds are so low they seem to be pressing down on the street as she walks, and the houses are silent, muffled up in their heavy curtains. Across the bridge and down over the rocks to the place she has claimed, she is reluctant to remove her sweater and sweatpants and expose her body. She shivers in the night air and eyes the pale, rushing water. 
She walks through the shallows, feeling the intense chill on her ankles, on her thighs, and then there is nothing for it but to hold her breath and plunge in. Oh God, so cold. But even in this chilly water, she loves the sensations she now experiences. The first frozen surge, the oh-so-gradual process of her body becoming accustomed to the temperature, and then the contentment of being enfolded and held. She is both enlivened and tranquil as she swims through the silver ripple shadows as if gliding through iced silk. The river is deeper after the days of rain, deeper, darker. Now that her body has warmed, she gives herself up to it, kicking out rhythmically with her feet, slicing through the water with her arms, and breathe, and breathe, and breathe, and... And then it comes to her, a sound, a sound like a soft, low wail. Oh, how menacing. <laughs> Goodness me. Lovely. That that uh, image of iced silk. That's delightful. Um, speaking of menace, mm -hmm. uh, Paddy, how do you call up and conjure up that that atmosphere in your writing? Mm, that, that is a, that's a really interesting question. I, I think I probably when I'm writing the menacing parts, I have already gone through it in my imagination. You know, I've, got, I've got the general idea of the novel and the characters and what's going to happen. And then I have to somehow introduce that tension into the work. Um, when I wrote my first crime novel, I was... I actually had a residency, and it was um, it was a, a small it was a beach house um, in Foxton on the beach. Um, you, you won't know where Foxton is, but it's a little rural town, and the um, Foxton Beach is quite isolated. And um, I was writing my first crime novel. And it's basically about a woman who takes on writing the story of um, of a criminal who's in prison. And um, I was there very much on my own. And I must say that I almost scared myself to death with these creepy, <laughs> these creepy <laughs> things that were happening to this woman. So... Actually, yes, imagination, I think, imagination and feelings of fear and um, just trying to get those words to to show that, you know, to illustrate that. Yeah, and I, I suppose a big, a big part of... Um... Of creating a sense of menace is, is is first and foremost kind of creating a, 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 a an atmosphere of empathy around the mm. characters. So mm. I wonder you mentioned character a couple of times. Could could you tell us a little bit more about how characters come to you? Then how you sort of embody them and and invent them on the page. Generally, it starts with a, an idea. Just. Um, it's quite strange how a novel begins. It, it's often something that you just notice, just an image or 
um, something somebody says or maybe you go to a place and it, it seems to um, trigger some sort of reaction and then so I start thinking about this general idea or place or um, comment or possibility and then the characters start coming after that um, I often think about my characters for quite a long time try and make them in my make them work in my head before I start writing for instance um, with my first um, crime novel I had the idea of um, you know a young young woman um, widowed um, not particularly well off with a daughter that she's bringing up and she is um, getting along quite well um, she's part-time journalism part-time poetry and she gets this offer to write the story of um, a serial rapist who's actually in prison at the time and she knows in her gut she really knows that she shouldn't do this because she feels bad she feels you know she just has this gut feeling it's the wrong thing to do but she does it anyway because of the money that she's offered and I that that came from just thinking about the kinds of things that people may do if the <laughs> if the money's good enough mm. you know that sort of temptation that feeling mm. that um you know it, it's against everything that you really want to do but somehow you you know you're tempted by it so that that's that's how that mm. that one started really Mm, extremes of behaviours, um, from yeah, from a review of of um of swimming in the dark, I I, I read that um this sense that you are especially brilliant and drawn to uh, the minds of women in duress, and yeah, and I just wanted to ask a little bit more about that. Really, why why? I think I'm always drawn to the idea of um strong women and women um being challenged and meeting that challenge. Um, I think that, you know, for myself, I, um, I, in my later, um, after I started writing, I took my children to, to um, Dunedin and brought them up pretty much on my own and went back to university and, and um, you know, I really challenged myself and I, I really like that whole idea of meeting challenges. I, my friends are very strong women um, and something I very much admire, you know, being a strong woman in today's society, you know, in the past society too. And the kind of things that um, we women are sometimes disadvantaged so um, they have to find their ways around those things. Something else uh, that in, in your work appears to me is that uh, these women, they're, they're often kind of alluding uh, despair or they're, they're escaping. There is a, there is a redemption, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of, you know, and, and as you mentioned with, with short stories, in fact, you know, that kind of sense of closure or ending. Um, how important are those ideas to your work, that, that sense of, uh, yeah, redemption. I, guess. I think redemption is very important to me, um, and I like my woman characters to, you know, to meet their challenges, but to grow through them. I think um, in swimming in the dark, I 
actually how it's, how it all started is that I, I went to Leipzig for a um, for a book festival and I just fell in love with the city. I thought it was just so beautiful. Um, and I knew that there was a very there was quite a dark part of that that um, you know the history um, when it was taken over. Um, it was under um, communist rule in, in east the East Germany part of Germany and Leipzig was part of that. And um, I I just loved that city so much. And and the um, I went to the Stasi Museum and that was just quite chilling and I just knew that I, I wanted to write something about it and I wanted it to be about um, a woman who had been very much affected by that um, so that's that's how I came up with um, the the mother and daughter Elsa um, and her mum and they they pretty much escape from East East um, Germany and and immigrate to New Zealand but they carry that that huge burden of um, distrust and fear um, with them and through through taking a, a young girl in and looking after her and hiding her they 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 become more confident they gain in they gain hugely in in what they've done, and and they do find redemption through that. Their lives are changed forever, and and changed to the better. I did want to ask you a little bit about place. You've mentioned place and how important it is to your work, and how ins- inspirational you Leipzig and and residencies and visits. How has this period been for you when we've all been so, um, yeah, so not able to travel and to visit different places? Last year I had six months in Wellington um, writing, so I had that time, and that was wonderful. I um, I'm writing a, um, a novel about Soames Island, which is just in the harbour in Wellington, so that gave me the opportunity to to walk and write and and visit and and do all those things. Um, the six months, well, since since we've been back, since I've been back. That we've had that lockdown period, and um, I've just been spending it thinking about my next novel, really, <laughs> and just <laughs> just taking some time out um, and enjoying our gorgeous peninsula here, and um, and maybe thinking about about what I want to do next. Uh, we can travel in New Zealand now, so. Maybe I'll be doing some travelling now that spring's here. <laughs> so I hope so. Fingers crossed. Um, what what does a, a typical day at the desk or not at the desk? What do, what's a writer's day look like um, to you? I start usually. I start writing about ten, and um, if and I write through the morning and sometimes into the afternoon. It just depends on how things are going. Um, if I'm writing and it's going really well, it's almost like that time can go so quickly and um, suddenly it's it's three o'clock and everything's amaz- been amazing. But other times it's like, um, you know, every word is like pulling a tooth. <laughs> so, those days, so those days the writing day is a little bit shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
each day as it comes. That's a good good principle. But I do think it is it is incredibly important as a writer to to have a routine and to um, you know to to stick to it because it's it's very easy to dream with stories and not get them down. Writing's but mm. writing is is incredibly hard work and um, you know for every great day there's two or three. That are, that are just, you know, that sort of plodding, getting one word done after another, and then going back to them and um, and making them an awful lot better than they than they were. But it's, um, yeah, I, I find my my for myself, I find the first drafts are, are always very difficult um, because you kind of got this empty screen and you've got to fill it up with words. But once I've got that first draft down, I really love writing. <laughs> about the story mm, yeah, yeah 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 it's interesting what you said just about um about time to think as well though you know thinking about what might be next so I went to a I went to a book launch from my sofa last night and um the writer was saying exactly that that writing is yes the act of writing mm. and getting it down on, on the page but it's also the thinking and the mm. researching and the you know letting things percolate I mm. per- percolate I suppose mm. um, the walking swimming just thinking I think in reading I think reading is is really important too because you you kind of reading critically and you're thinking, oh that's that's pretty that's well done and um, if you're reading really good writers it's it's just so inspirational. Well, that leads me to my my final little little cluster of questions, which are just about really um, Dunedin and and the the crime. I believe a very burgeoning sort of crime writing fraternity and sorority mm. there. Can you say, tell us a little bit about, about that that community and that scene in Dunedin? Well, Dunedin is um, very much a writing writer's city because we've got, you know, the, the Burns Fellowship and we've got more um, residencies starting too. And, of course, we've got, you know, we're, we're the special city now, of course, um, a city of literature. I, I have about... Four, four writing friends who, who are writing crime and um, every so often Vander Simon is one of them and I, I think probably you might know a little bit about her. She's been um, publishing in the UK lately. Um, and Liam McIlvaney, um, he, he originally came from Scotland and he's now at the university and writing crime. Um, every so often we get together and... Um, and have a beer and have a bit of a chat, and it's, it's a great writing community just generally in Dunedin. Um, and it's always so lovely to see other writers being published and to go to the book launches. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a lovely city, and it's got this kind of gothic, dark atmosphere at times too, which is excellent for writing crime. Yeah, I believe it's the Edinburgh of the oh. South it, in Scottish Gaelic. It, it, Dunedin is um, is Edinburgh, so I think that is that right. Is that where the name comes yeah, from? Absolutely. We've got, um, we've got a lot of streets. A lot of our streets are, um, I think, from Edinburgh, like Princess Street, and um, and we've also got a big statue of Robbie Burns in the in our octagon, so <laughs> presiding over. Lovely. Everything. He gets around. <laughs> 
<laughs> he gets everywhere. Oh, lovely. Oh, well, it sounds like a really brilliant, supportive community, Paddy. And I hope that, w- w- you know, when when the world is safer again, mm. that we might get to see you there and you we might get to welcome you in actual person um, to Norwich. But I but it's been really, really lovely to chat. And thank you for your for your time this evening in your time. Oh, thank you so much. Baby. And we we're delighted that you're our, our writer in residence. And we look forward to, to further kind of talking about and sharing your work with our uh, writers and readers here over the coming coming days at the festival Thank thanks for listening and thanks to Paddy and to Dunedin UNESCO City of Literature for the support Noirage is a partnership between the National Centre for Writing and the University of East Anglia and we'd like to thank our partners they are Arts Council England Norwich City Council Dead Good Books, The Crime Vault and Norwich Business Improvement District we're also supported by Norfolk County Council Gerald and Visit Norwich If you have any questions or you want to get in touch, you'll find us at Writers' Centre on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook and you can find out lots of details about Noirage and all of the other events and workshops and programmes that we put on at our website, nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. And if you want to know more about the Noirage Crime Writing Festival in particular, then do check out its dedicated website, which is at noirage.co.uk. And that is spelled N-O-I-R-W-I-C-H. Remember, it's not a spelling mistake. It's a very deliberate pun. Please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast because it does help other people to find it. Thanks again. Keep writing and we'll catch you on the next episode, which is coming out tomorrow.